I invite you to stand for the reading of the gospel. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. He has defeated the powers of death. Jesus turns our sorrow into dancing. He has the words of eternal life. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up, and he ran to the tomb, and bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. This is the gospel of Christ. Let's pray together. Lord, may our thoughts now be focused on you. We pray that you would help us to be attentive to what it is you want to do this morning. Help us to hear and to understand and to be responsive to the moving of your Holy Spirit. For we ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. So I once heard it said, it was probably on Quirks and Quirks or something like that on CBC, that if you were to take a planet or even a moon out of our solar system, um, everything would be thrown out of whack because there is a a, a balance of gravity going on in our solar system. And to remove one thing, everything else would be moved and have to compensate for that vacuum. And so things like the length of our year or or it might be lengthened or it might be shortened depending on what was taken away because of the vacuum that is left. And I don't know about you, but when I have uh, experienced loss in my life, it's like that vacuum forms and everything in my world shifts around it. And so grief and fear or anxiety, those are, are things that go hand in hand. How on earth am I to do life now that, that my loved one is gone? How am I supposed to get through my day? Who am I going to call every day? You know, things like that that just sort of fill us with anxiety. We don't know how to cope. So for Mary Magdalene and for Joanna and Mary and the other women who went to the tomb that day, that's where they were living. 
How are we going to cope now that Jesus is gone? And the only thing they could do was that last act of love. They were going to anoint Jesus' body with the ointment and sort of commit him to rest in the tomb. But their lives were filled with fear, with grief, and they were disorientated. In the past two years, our lives have been very disorientated too. There's been a lot of grief with COVID, a lot of change, a lot of hardship, a lot of how do we do this? And uh, we're coming to this point now where are we getting out? Are we going back in? We don't really know. But here's the thing. It's time for us to get orientated. It's time for us to remember who Jesus is and what he has called us to be. And it's also time for us to begin to wonder. Part of grief is that things will never be like they were. And there's, there's a letting go of that. Kimberly read to me uh, an article this week about this person who was angry all the time and didn't know it. And somebody called them on it and said, why are you angry all the time? And they said, they were, they were in the middle of, of reaming them out for saying that they were angry. And they said, oh, I am angry. What am I angry about? It's they were grieving. And grief comes out as anger sometimes. But we are called to move through grief to wonderment and say, what is God up to now? What are we invited to do in partnership with God today, this moment, this week? Why can we move into wonderment? It's because Jesus rose from the dead. And so we have reason to hope and to wonder. So let's, let's take a look at this uh, this passage from from Luke. We know that Luke is up to something uh, fun here when he starts off the passage with, on the first day. And if you like reading the Bible, if you're a Bible geek, when you hear first day, you automatically think Genesis 1, where God created, right? And at the end of the day, he said, this was good, the first day. When Luke says, on the first day, We expect something new is happening, something fresh is happening, something unexpected and and, uh, exciting. So the women, which included Mary and Joanna and the other Mary and and others with them, had their day planned out. They were going to go anoint Jesus' body and, and call it a day. But when they get there, there's something unexpected. The, The stone is rolled away. Now, have you ever pulled into a parking spot and just as you're putting your car into park, the, the cars or both or one on either side, they start to pull out? <laughs> have you ever had that experience? It just makes you feel like, what is happening? And you get dizzy. And when they get there, they see the stone rolled away and they become very disorientated. It says um, they are perplexed. Uh, and, and so there, there's a bit of anxiety there. There's a bit of what is happening. They're disoriented. What is going on? And it's very obvious that these women never watched a horror movie in their lives. Because <laughs> if you go into a graveyard and it's dark and you see a freshly opened grave, the correct response is to run. But they don't. They go into the graveyard. They look into the tomb And it's empty, and then they're really perplexed. What is happening? And that's 
that where they're at, where these two angels appear, and their perplexity and befuddlement turns into panic. They fall down on their faces. And I think this is the only time where angels appear where they don't say, don't be afraid. It's like, be excited, be upset. This is, this is really good news. And they ask the question, why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? What is going on here? We had a clergy day a few weeks ago um, at the cathedral, and we had a speaker come, and he explained to us, like, why are we in the state of grief, and how do we as church, how do we move through COVID into what is to come? And he said three things. The first thing is that we are coming to the end of a narrative. So since World War II, we've done things a certain way. Our government, our medical system, our educational system, our church, we've done things a certain way. And this is all dismantling. It's all falling apart. Uh, Our education system is in duress. So is our medical system. We saw what happened in Ottawa a few months ago. Things are under stress. And he says that things are starting to come to an end as a narrative. In the church, this narrative was, if we have the right business model and the right programs, then the people will come to consume what we have to offer. Do you remember a few, well, maybe a decade ago or two decades ago where we were writing up business statements and vision, vision statements? That was a product of this narrative. If we do things this way, it will work. He said that time is coming to an end. Then he moved on to say, but we have a confession. We confess that the God who created the world entered our world, lived as one of us, died for us, rose again from the dead, and sent his spirit so that he is present still. And if God is present and active in the world, we don't need to worry about the end of a narrative because the bigger story is God's story. So the third thing he said is, what do we do now? What do we do as church? We practice discernment, stillness, Asking God, where are you in this? What are you calling us to do in this? And what we will find is that it won't necessarily look like the way we've done things in the past. But we're actually seeking to see what is he telling us to do. The angels looked at these women and said, you know, in their fear and terror and their being frozen on the ground, don't you remember Don't you remember what Jesus said? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners and be crucified and on the third day be raised again. And then the whole passage could focus on verse 8. Then they remembered his words. There goes the fear. There goes the panic. Jesus is alive. Jesus is in charge. So I I had a a friend, uh, he passed away this week. Uh, His name is Reverend Jonathan Springthorpe. And uh, over the past decade or so, uh, Jonathan and I hadn't been as close as we we once were. I think kids had something to do with that. And distance as well. But, and I had forgotten a lot. I had forgotten a lot about what our friendship looked like. 
Um, but when I first got out of seminary, Jonathan was at my home church. He was the youth pastor. And Jonathan was a mentor to me. And we partnered in youth ministry and did all kinds of fun things together. And we laughed. I had forgotten the laughter. But since he died, I can't think of anything else. And a few, a few years ago, I was at Parish Church. And, um, and he, he was taking his youth group and my old youth group to New York on a mission trip. And uh, he called me up. And he said, hey, what are you doing? I said, nothing. What are you doing? He goes, we're going to New York next week. And I said, I know. I've been praying for you. I'm so excited for you. And I'll be praying for you all next week. He goes, yeah, that's the thing. I said, what? He goes, God wants you to come to New York. (laughs) And I said, Jonathan, that's next week. And he said, yeah. I said, I haven't trained with the team. They've been training all year. He goes, yeah, I know. And I said, I, that's crazy. He goes, I know. <laughs> so I said, my minister will never let me go. He goes, well, try him. Just see it. Just, see, just, just try, because God wants you to come. You wait and see. So I went to my minister, Anthony, and I said, this youth pastor from St. John wants me to go to New York on a mission trip next week. And Anthony goes, great idea, Go. So I called him up. I said, I guess God does want me to go to New York. And Jonathan taught us all how to share the love of Jesus. I am so thankful to remember. The angels told these women to remember what Jesus said. We are to remember that too and to remember how he lived and the promise that he would never leave or forsake us. Why is it so important to remember? Well, as one cabbie said it in London, if Jesus is risen from the dead, then everything else is rock and roll. If Jesus is risen from the dead, then everything is possible. We have hope. We have a calling And we need to remember that because we were called at this time for this place for a reason. So what is it? We begin by remembering uh, of Jesus what he said. So these women who were terrified and disorientated were completely changed. Joy replaced grief and purpose replaced their confusion. And then they rushed back to the disciples and they all believed them and it was a happy ending. No, it was nonsense. That doesn't matter. The, the reaction of others doesn't, shouldn't dictate how we live out our life of faith. But what we are called to do is simply to witness to what we are experiencing. So <laughs> uh, the interesting thing in this passage is that the 11 don't believe, and that's the end of the story for them in this passage. Jesus will come and encounter them later and fix that. But for this story right here, right now, that's it. End of story. But Peter was, was intrigued. What is going on? And he ran to the tomb and bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves and he went away wondering to himself what happened. And this is the end of the passage. Now, he didn't have absolute certainty as to what happened. Peter wondered. I have preached sermons on Easter about all the evidence for the resurrection and why we should reasonably believe it. And those things are good. 
But I think what we're needed, what, what is more needed at this time for the life of the church is to wonder. Wonder is playful and imaginative. Wonder is, is open and creative. And that's where this passage ends. We are called to wonder. Where, God, are you in this? What are you calling us to do at this time? Remembrance and wonderment can lift us out of the grief that we have been experiencing for so long. It's good to name it. It's good to recognize it and the effects of it. But I think we have a job to do. To remember Jesus, to take him at his word, and to get busy wondering and exploring of how this is going to be lived out here and now. Let's pray. Jesus, give us grace to remember Give us grace to celebrate that you are risen from the dead. And Lord, were the areas in our lives where we feel dead or we feel overcome with grief or disorient or just disoriented, Lord, please come and guide us. Fill us, enlighten us, that we might reflect your character and your goodness to the world around us. Be glorified in your church, for it is in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Um, Let us uh, stand together. And let us confess the faith of our baptism as we say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.